His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. Uh, the last time I spoke, I spoke on, um, well, not counting Sunday, but uh, the last time I spoke, I spoke on complacency versus contentment and what the difference was between the two. And obviously I asked the question, which, which, which you were, you know, what side of it you were on, were you, on compl- were you complacent or were you content? And I also made a statement that how I was content in my job and content in our house and how the Lord brought up an opportunity for a house and for a new job. And even though we were actually very happy in the where we were in and what we were doing, content and all that, you know, I said contentment was being happy and ready to move when the Lord said to move. And that's true. It really is. It's true. And it's easy to look and sound content when every door is flung wide open and things are moving the way you think they should move. And so in the process of life, you know, we were ready to move. I was ready for a new job. We were ready for the new, you know, talk about breakthrough and Mike and Teresa always laugh at me because I hate the word breakthrough. I always have for some reason, but so they like to say breakthrough to me. So, you know, all right, we finally hit breakthrough. You know, it's like, yes, <laughs> wait, pump the brakes. Life happens. Our house fell through on selling. The house we wanted sold. The job I wanted turned into someone else's. So in a matter of me speaking on contentment, complacency, in the matter of, I don't know, three days, we went from the Lord saying, are you really content? Are you, are you really, do you really, do you really understand what you talked about? And, uh, I don't know. I don't think I, I don't think I was. So on my way to find out whether or not I got the job, I'm dealing with the, the fact that the house thing isn't going to work out. The health issue that popped up out of nowhere that had me a little bit panicked and a realization in my mind that the job probably wasn't mine. You know, you kind of, you kind of, kind of snowballs on you when everything starts rolling. It kind of all of a sudden it's like, all right. So to say that I was down or stressed might be the understatement of the century, especially for me. But see, I don't really get down. I get angry. I'm not a get downer. I don't curl up in a ball in the corner and just wait. My pouting is I want to punch something or someone in the face. That's just how I am. That's how I've, that's how I've always been. So, you know, when I say things, I mean the situation. I don't, I'm not a violent person, but I could get there pretty quick when it comes to those situations. So I, I punch things in the face right up to the point or I have an encounter with the Lord or Leanne tells me to stop, whichever one happens first. Usually they're one and the same. Don't, don't you know that encounters of the Lord and with your wife sometimes coincide? <laughs> They're kind of one and the same from every now and again. So I'm, I'm ready to lose my mind at this point. I'm just waiting for the right person, to the right thing to get in the way. And 
I'm on my way to find found out the job that I didn't want. I had no intentions of wanting this job that I ended up wanting really badly wasn't for me. So I decided that what I really needed to do was worship. And worship I did. You know, everybody kind of has their jam, right? Everybody has their song that, or their, their musician that they can just worship to, regardless of the situation they're in. Well, that Mac Gilman, Corey Asbury CD from 10 years ago, it seems like, is my favorite CD. And I can listen to that no matter where it's at. And so I just started worshiping. And in the process of worshiping, the Lord met me. I laid all that stuff at his feet, and I found my contentment again. I mean, I had an encounter on the way, and I didn't really quite understand it. All I know is I went from ready to hurt something to at complete and utter peace. I did. I walked in there at, at peace knowing that when I walked in there, the job probably wasn't mine. And as I'm sitting there and they start explaining to me why I didn't get the job, then they begin to explain to me why they made a position for me. So I got a job. I just didn't get the one I thought I was getting. So it brought me back to, I got in the car and I just kind of sat there for a minute before I left. And the Lord brought back a, word that Teresa gave Leanne and I at the beginning of the year, and the word was abundance. And then I heard him very loudly, but very gently say, abundance wasn't necessarily going to look like I thought it did. And, you know, it's one of those mind blown. So I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, no, 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 no. Abundance means I have everything I want. You know, it's all rainbows and lollipops. I'm happy. I'm good to go. And he's like, it's not necessarily going to look like he thought it would. So, you know, the Lord is, you know, so I've been revisiting that encounter multiple, multiple times. And what contentment means and whether or not I'm truly content. And, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out what to do with our place because we need to do something. I mean, we've got a lot of kids and at some point we're going to have a lot of in-laws and a lot of grandkids and that's down the road but it's still happening it's coming and we're going to need to have a place for that or rent the church every month for a birthday and so so the lord brought back to my mind that where the jews missed the time of their visitation they were waiting for a king and an army to take over in the natural but they missed the king of kings you know, their vision, their vision of abundance was the Messiah to show up and to kick the Romans out and take over the Holy Land and all is well. And they were looking for a king, and what they got was the king of kings, and they just didn't know it. So as I'm worshiping, the Lord begins to flood me with peace over these situations. But, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm good by the time I get there. I'm good when I get out. I, I do get a job, you know, it came with, uh, created a position for me, most of the benefits that the, that the other job would have came with, minus some of the stress, which is a positive. And so, so here's the question that I have to start asking myself, because I like to ask questions. Does any of this change the promise from the Lord? Does any of that change as far as the, the promise of abundance? Does, does that change? Does any of this change his nature? 
right? We spent what, – what do we do when it doesn't really look like we thought it would? Does it mean God lied to us? Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do? Has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Behold, I have received a command to bless. He has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. And so I recently heard, I heard, I read, I don't know, Chris Valaton say, God doesn't have a plan for you. He has a purpose. The plan can change many times in order to accomplish the same purpose. And it just kind of, it kind of hit me. I, those different little things I ponder on for a long time for some reason. And it's not always what I want to hear, but it's still, you think about it and how it affects you. And all right, he has a purpose and the plan can change many times. So there, there comes back to saying that, you know, I've heard you say a million times about going around the mountain. It's not necessarily doing the same things over and over sometimes, but it's just a different way of getting there. And, but he still has a purpose that he plans on accomplishing. So we spent a lot of money and time, not to mention the one that helps, helped on our place. And did we miss something? Did we not hear correctly? Did we miss the promise? And I promise my goal is to encourage you in this. I, I do. I promise that. So can we miss the promise? Yes. Only if you quit. And the Lord brings back running to me for some reason. You know, I did that for years. I hated it. It wasn't ever fun. But I did it. I did it for a long time. And in that running, when you're running cross country, the only way you can lose is to cheat or quit. It's only, and that's the first thing you brought back to my mind. The only way you can really lose, because you're constantly running against yourself. I and mean, that's the whole point of running, is you're looking to beat your time. You're looking to beat yourself. Yes, you're competing against other people, but the only way you can not beat yourself is to quit or cheat. And, I mean, they, they literally will stay out there as long as somebody's on the course. Now, they might pick up everything around you, but they will wait until the end and somebody will track your time. And when I get in when, – when I think about the running, I always think about David and his path because it was just so long and drawn out to go from the shepherd boy to the king. And Samuel, 1 Samuel 16, 11 says, And Samuel said to Jesse, Are all the young men here? Then he said, There remains yet the youngest, and there he is, keeping the sheep. And Samuel said, Jesse, said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Do you have any idea what David did that afternoon? He went back and tended sheep. Or that, that you know, that was evening, I guess, so the next morning. He went back and tended sheep. He was just anointed the king. We're talking about promise here. We're not talking about a promise of a job or a promise of something else. We're talking the king. And he went back and tended sheep. But wait. You know, he, he, he went back and he tended sheep. He didn't ascend to the throne. Animals stink and sheep are dumb. And he went out and hung out with the stinking sheep. Talk about the high court right there. 
he was hanging out with the sheep and the donkeys because you got to have a donkey to protect sheep, right? So Saul is still king and distressed by evil spirits, and he calls for David. First Samuel sixteen eighteen. Then one of the servants answered and said, Look, I have seen a son of Jesse who is skillful and plain, a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a handsome person, and the Lord is with him. Therefore Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son David, who was with the sheep. And Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread, a skin of wine, and a young goat, and sent his son David to Saul. So David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly and became his armor bearer. And Saul sent Jesse, saying, Please let David stand before me, for he has found favor in my sight. And so it was, whenever the Spirit of God was upon Saul, that David was whenever the Spirit from God was upon Saul, that David would take the harp and play it in his hand. Then Saul would become refreshed and well, and the distressing spirit would depart from him. He's still not king. <laughs> he he gets to play music for the king. But it, where's the promise? That's not the king. He's not the king. And that's not even his full time gig. It says, but David, David occasionally went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. That's First uh, Samuel seventeen fifteen. Then you got this one. Then Jesse said to his son David, take now for your brothers an ephah of dried grain and these ten loaves and run to your brothers at the camp and carry these ten cheeses of the captain of their thousand and see your brothers fare and bring back the good news. So David rose early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him and came to the camp as the army was going out to fight and shouting for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle an army against army. So at this point, David is a shepherd, an errand boy, a harp player that tames the beast, but not the king in the natural. He was king and his actions screamed it. Everything he did screamed and how he carried himself and how he did it. He knew in, in his spirit, he knew who and what he was. So he's talking to the troops, and now his brother's going to take a swipe at him. All right, so we've got dad ordering him around, play the, play the harp, and now the, the brother's going to take a swipe. Now Eliab, his older brother, oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David, and he said, Why did you come down here, and with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and insolence of your heart. You have come down here to see battles. He was telling him, You bum. All you did was come down here to watch people fight. And it, it struck me as I was reading that, he didn't even answer him. He didn't respond. He didn't, you know, I'd like to see one of my boys tell the other one something like that and one of them not respond. I don't think it's possible. I mean, there was no, there was nothing. He just turned around, and, and I believe, I didn't write it down here, but I believe he went back to Saul and talked about, at that point, fighting uh, Goliath. Here's why I bring this up. It seems like at times it's easy. If it's easy, we call it God. And if it's hard, it must not have been the Lord because we keep running into doors. And we let it make us stumble in our view of him and who and what he is. We turn into the Israelites in the desert. Have you brought us out here to die? We left slavery and beatings and all the fun things we get to do there to starve to death in the desert. And... But David never quit. He didn't only keep going. He got battered. He had spears thrown at him. He had an entire army pursue him. And here's the kicker. 
and this is the part that amazes me about David. He did it with honor and contentment. Yes, he made his mistakes, but he would not touch the Lord's anointed. And I'm sorry, I hate to say it, but if I had a promise from the Lord that I was to be king, and I had him in a cave, I'm going to stick him. And that's all I had to do. That's all I had to do was kill him. And then he would have been king. But, and then he could have said, but I was the one anointed. I got him because I was the anointed one. We get so locked up on a promise or a prophetic word that we lose contentment and honor and move straight to striving. Whatever it takes to see the end result. I think that goes real well with what you've been sharing about, you know, carrying things that we weren't meant to carry. There is something said for perseverance. And he persevered. Um, Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So, you, you get into reading what perseverance is and what endurance is and all that stuff. But I keep going back to David. And the picture of David's mindset while he was hiding in the cave and running from Saul is Psalm 57. Be, mercy, be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me. For my soul trusts in you, and in the shadow of your wings I will make my refuge. Until these calamities have passed by, I will cry out to God Most High. To God who performs all things for me, he shall send from heaven and save me. He reproaches the one who would swallow me up. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. My soul is among lions. I lie among the sons of men who are set on fire, whose teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongue a sharp sword. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have dug a pit before me. Into the midst of it themselves have fallen. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and give praise. Awake my glory. Awake lute and harp. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing to you among the nations. For your mercy reaches into the heavens and your truth under the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. So that my heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. If you, you know, different versions, you look it up, it's my heart is determined, O God. My heart is fixed on you, O God. My heart is confident, O God. We've all had promises or directions, We've moved based on what the Lord was telling us. But can you imagine being the anointed king and herding sheep, taming Saul, fighting wars and giants, and running for your life? You know, so, you know, everything's got to everything's got to have a light to it as far as it makes me smile. So David was human. And so he, he had to have had a point. right before, You know, it had to have been right before he wrote that psalm. He had to have that point of like, was Samuel messing with me? 
was he just messing with me? Is he looking to have fun? Because I've stayed steadfast. I've stayed true. I've not touched the king. I've not touched the Lord's anointed. But everywhere I go, I'm running into a wall. I'm being somebody's trying to kill me. And the and the point I'm trying to make is there is contentment to be had. Even I'm calling the, I'm calling it the season of not sure. You know, I really I don't remember who it was, but they were talking about the seasons. Was it you, Kristen? I don't remember who it was now, but was Haley about all the seasons? I, I love that because there it, there is there's that season. You know, winter is bare and it's hard and it's cold and it's ugly outside. I mean, and that you know that that season of not being sure, but there's contentment in that, and that still is. David had to constantly get back to the point. All right, my focus is on you. I can't carry this. This isn't for me uh, because you've told me I was king. I can't keep striving to be king. And so the only thing I can do is lock eyes with you and go where you're telling me to go and be what you're telling me to be because that's the only way we can survive. That's the only way I can survive. That's the only way every one of us can survive in the situations that each one of us are dealt is the ability to sit back in that and just wait. I mean, I love that song, you know, he's in the waiting, take courage. He's in the waiting because he has something that's that's special and he has a purpose and it might just take a different plan this time. So that's that's what I have tonight. Thank you. Um, I'm assuming you want me to pray. <laughs> Lord, I just come before you and Lord God, I just ask for a contentment like David had to be able to walk after you and the things that you have and to do it with honor and contentment. Lord God, I know David had his mistakes and he had his things, but he always went back to you. He he always ended up going back and putting his face before you and asking what you had because it was the only way he could survive. So, Lord God, I am just asking right now in the name of Jesus for a contentment and an ability to lock eyes with you so that there's no way that we can get um, distracted by the stuff of the world or the the things that, that ensnare us, but we're locked eyes with you and we're chasing. We're following you and we're waiting for you to say, move now. Move now. And so, Lord God, I just declare that in the name of Jesus. Lord God, that, that supernatural contentment of waiting on you to say move now because it's peaceful and it, and it just goes right along with your yoke is easy and your burden is light because we are, we are chasing, we are lockstep with you, and there's no way we can carry anything if we're chasing you. Lord God, I just declare that in Jesus' name. And I just thank you for being good, Lord God, and fulfilling your promises and your purposes in our life. And I just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message.